The Dead Woman and the Motel by Timothy Griffin Read by Amy Robinson Despite being a longtime private investigator, I always had an unease stepping foot in police stations. Cops and PIs were on the same side of the law, but to me it felt like being called to the principal's office. But my friend Sergeant Andy Jenkins needed my help. It was rare a murder popped up in our town and not wanting it to go unsolved, he wanted a fresh set of eyes. He wasted no time with pleasantries as I entered his office, gesturing me to sit in a battered chair across from his desk. He shoved a case folder in my hand as I sat down, getting out of his grip like a hot potato. I opened up the folder to the crime scene photos. The victim could have been sleeping, if your eye ignored the strangulation marks around her neck. She had been an attractive woman, mid-forties, I'd say, dressed in a business suit, I recognized the cheap motel she was in immediately. As a P.I. who took on his fair share of cheating spouse cases, I knew all the motels that charged by an hour. Andrea Smith, Jenkins said, as I flipped through the paperwork. She was found like that three days ago, after the housekeeper made the morning rounds. The CSI said she'd been dead around 68 hours before discovery, based on rigor mortis. What did the autopsy show? No autopsy. Pardon? Husband denied it, based on religious grounds. Can't you override his wishes? Jenkins shook his head. I wish I could, but the commission and the mayor are both afraid the press will have a field day. This is easily the most high-profile murder this town has seen in years. I pointed at an unusual object I saw at the side of the victim's bed. What is that? A briefcase? Yeah, it's the victim's briefcase. Working theory is she went to the motel for a secret rendezvous, and the suspect choked her out and killed her. I'm guessing this motel has paper-thin walls. Nobody heard anything? Nobody that's come forward. You know what that motel is known for. Cash business. Doesn't even take credit cards. So, besides the husband, who are you looking at? Jenkins looked surprised. Are you sure you're not a cop? The husband and a co-worker, Robert Harris, who disliked the victim. Let's start with the co-worker. Robert Harris was a balding, flabby man who put on the airs of a man who we were wasting his time as soon as we went into his office. The decor of the office was spartan. No art or personal photos on the wall or his desk. I thought I'd be done with this business already, Sergeant. If you don't mind, we've brought on Watkins here as a consultant to pick up on anything we might have missed. Just keep it quick, he said flatly. I won't waste your time, Mr. Harris, I said. I know you've probably touched on this, but can you describe your relationship with Mrs. Smith? I disliked her, of course, as the sergeant probably already told you. I mean, I didn't want her dead, but I'm glad she's gone. We were on the same career track, and she was ahead of me. Do you know why? I shook my head. Because she's a woman. She was a phony. She'd carry her damn briefcase everywhere instead of a purse to scream she was a business pro. But when five o'clock hit, she was out the door every day. She never put in extra work. I'm here over every night. But did I gain ground over her? No, of course not, because the business wants their numbers to look good. I'm just a white male. She's a female. And she knew it and didn't care. What's wrong with reverse discrimination if you benefit from it? Called me Bobby all the time, even though I hated it. And they find her screwing around, dead in a motel. I'll shed no tears. Do you know she was screwing around? Mr. Harris, Robert, not Bobby, paused. Well, no, I guess I don't. But what else would she be doing there? Did you have an alibi for the night Mrs. Smith was murdered? 
I wish I did. Like most nights I was here. I worked that night till after 7 p.m. The front desk could confirm that, except for the fact that they are also gone by 5 p.m. No security system? He shook his head. They won't pay for one. No money here held on the premises. They feel they don't need it. I stood up. Thank you, Mr. Harris, for your time. What a cold fish, Jenkins says as he drove me over to the husband's house. He's, well, not a big softy. But did you hear what he said about the briefcase? Yeah, so she went to the motel after work to meet the suspect. Okay, say that's true. Why are you taking your briefcase into the room? Remember, he said she had it all the time and you used it in lieu of a purse. Okay, I'm not following. Mr. X meets her there for sex and decides for whatever reason to kill her. Why leave something at the side of the bed that he would know would identify her? I bet you found the victim's ID in there, am I right? Yes, we did. Crime of passion, though, the killer fled when the deed was done. I don't think so at all. The suspect wanted to make sure you could identify the body. It's too big of a miss to leave the briefcase there. It was planted. Jenkins mulled my theory over as we pulled into the driveway of Mr. Tom Smith's house. A surprised Mr. Smith greeted us at the door. He could have been Robert Harris's brother, except he had a wee bit more hair and was a little shorter. Sergeant Jenkins, I didn't expect to see you again. Jenkins shook his extended hand. I know this is a tough time, but we have a new consultant here to help us with your late wife's case. It's good to meet you, Mr. Smith, I said. Please, Tom, step in. My eye wandered to the photos of Tom and his late wife that were in the living room. In the photos of just Andrea, she was running in marathons. Andrea worked out a lot, Tom said, noticing me checking out the photos. I guess we were opposite in that way. Is that the only thing you were opposite in? Tom let out a short laugh, fake to my ear. Well, I guess not. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus, you know. Sergeant Jenkins might have told me on the car ride over, but I'm not placing it. What do you do for a living, Tom? I'm in between jobs right now. Did you ever hear of the Purple Cat Cafe off Maple downtown? I shook my head. Tom forced a smile. That was my problem. I opened it, but it went under too fast. Andrea, luckily for me, was on a better career path. Do you know Robert Harris? Only what Andrea told me about him. Sourpuss Bobby. A real crank. But you never met him in person. Office party, anything along those lines? He shook his head. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup if I had to. I'm sorry, but I have to ask Mr. Smith. Tom, please. And I know where this is going. I didn't know Andrea was cheating on me. It's, of course, devastating, but compared to that creep murdering her, well, it's like they say, one problem at a time. I think we're done here. Thank you for your time. Tom smiled, the first true one since we'd arrived, and shook our hands again before we departed. I can't imagine, Jenkins says as we drove into the city, finding out your wife is cheating on you and then she's killed on top of that. Poor guy. Poor guy, I said, who wasn't truly relieved until we left. Might you be projecting there, dear Watkins? One of them did it. This isn't a crime of passion. There was no effort to hide the body or identification. The killer wanted the body correctly ID'd. The killer always wanted us to look down on the victim, hence the motel. If she was cheating, I have a gut feeling one of those guys, her enemy or her spouse, would have known. No reason to lie for the dead, Jenkins, especially if you're a suspect in a murder. So don't leave me in suspense. Who did it? There's one final piece of the puzzle. Let's go to Holmes Chemical. 
Why in the world are we going to Holmes Chemical? We just interviewed two flabby, out-of-shape guys, yet one planted a perfectly healthy marathoner in a motel room for us to find. No way. The killer had help. Chloroform. Okay, so why... Jenkins, you can't just go into your local department store and buy chloroform. It's a registered substance. Holmes will have a receipt for the sale. Five minutes after arriving at Holmes, we had our answer. I'll be damned, Jenkins murdered to himself. I'll go get me a warrant. I pushed for Jenkins to take a van instead of several cop cars with the sirens blaring, because I didn't want the suspect to prep his house for our arrival. As soon as we parked, we jogged to the door. Jenkins, myself, and four other uniformed officers. Jenkins loudly knocked on the door, but refrained from yelling, Police! I was counting on our suspect to be overconfident and open the door without checking. He did, and Tom Smith didn't even bother to put up a fake smile this time. Why are you here? Jenkins pulled out the warrant. We have a warrant here to search the premises for evidence used in the murder of Andrea Smith. Tom Smith was red-faced as the officers forced their way in and began their search. This is utter bull. I'm going to sue the crap out of your police department. I'm going to have both of your jobs. Well, I said coolly, suing us would end your money problems. I don't care about the damn money. My wife is dead. That jerk Bobby Harris murderer. Go get him, you morons. Mr. Harris did hate your wife, I said, but he thought she was beneath him. He's an idiot, but he wouldn't stoop to murder. He wanted her gone from the company, not gone for good. What's my motive? The oldest in the book. Money. That solves being in between jobs and businesses failing. That's why you planted your wife at the motel with proper identification. Now you can collect on her life insurance. Well, could have before all this, I guess. He became more red-faced. How can you be so insensitive? My wife is dead. Found it, an officer yelled from the master bedroom. He came from the main room where we stood and delivered a glass bottle with a small amount of liquid to Jenkins. The hubris of the overconfident, Mr. Smith. You couldn't overpower your athletically fit wife, so you drugged her with chloroform. That's why you didn't want an autopsy. That bottle in Jenkins' hand matches the receipt we found from Holmes Chemical. You knocked your wife out and then planted her at the motel. After you murdered her, of course. Thomas Smith, Jenkins said, you are under arrest for the murder of Andrea Smith. The color ran out of Tom Smith as he realized he was indeed caught. He muttered to himself in disbelief as the officers handcuffed him and led him out of his house.